What's up, everybody? Welcome to the WYL Take Ownership Live podcast here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I appreciate you making it out to our super private screening right here today. Um, we're going to have a great time. We have some amazing guests lined up for you guys. Um, and one of the key things I got to remind you before we start is if your phone is on, make sure it's on silent um, so that it doesn't go off in the screening. That's the first thing. Um, second thing, give a round of applause to everybody that comes up. Make them feel loved in here today. Um, and then before we get started, I got to thank the U.S. Army for sponsoring tonight. Um, I will say a, a couple of our friends in the U.S. Army uh, did get into a little fender bender on the way here. So prayers to them. They are doing okay, though. Um, and we have two amazing guests from the Army that we'll start to talk with first. Um, I'm going to bring up first Carlos Washington. You can join us. <laughs> you can grab a seat. Um, and also I'm going to bring up Ahmed al Say El Sabki, yes, El Sabki, got you. Pleasure, man. Good to do. Awesome. So I appreciate you guys being here tonight. How you guys feeling? Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Same absolutely. here. Thank you. Yeah, so, so WYL, we partnered with the U.S. Army recently, and the, the big thing we were focusing on was what are, what are opportunities and jobs that you guys have that are outside of the realm of combat? Um, because I think the, the misconception is, if you sign up for the Army, you're going to war and you're in, in a physical capacity, right? And so we have two gentlemen here today that, that aren't doing that per se, right? Like, but you guys are very much so soldiers, very much so representing our country every day. Um, and so I'd love to just first learn, like, what is your position in the U.S. Army and what does that entail? All right, well, um, like he was saying, um, I'm a sergeant in the United States Army. Um, my main job in the Army, I'm a military police investigator. So what I do is just like any investigator that's be in the streets of Philadelphia or anywhere throughout the city, any uh, misdemeanors that will happen in the Army, because soldiers do break the law, they still, they use drugs, so anything that happened of that matter, uh, they will call us, call me in, I will come in, and I will investigate into it. Once I figure out who did what, then my primary job is to get the evidence to present to our JAG, which is our legal team, and our legal team will prosecute them for breaking our laws, which are called UCMJ, or even if it's on the civilian side, like, you know, regular Philadelphia law, they will get prosecuted on that end. That's my main job. Got you. Um, yeah, for me, we uh, we don't deal with a lot of um, crime per se in, in my community because most of us hold a uh, top secret clearance. So MP, you know, they stay away from us for the most part. Um, but a lot of the jobs I do is a lot of intel work, which is uh, report writing, uh, intelligence analysis, uh, data analysis. And uh, for me, my specific job, I support NGA, which is the National Geospatial Agency. So it's a lot of uh, satellite work, looking at conventional forces worldwide, how they're doing, and assessing our forces against them. So, got you, got you. And how did you guys get started? Were you guys in ROTC? Like, what was that trajectory? Uh, <laughs> so I have a, a funny story because I wanted to join right out out of uh, high school, but my father always said, "No, no, go to college first. So I went to college, and then I wanted to join in college. He said, "No, no, no, no. Like, finish college first." All right, I finished college. I'm going to want to join. He's like, no, 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 get a job first. And then I got a job. It wasn't in my field. Um, and then one day I just realized that if I don't do it now, I'm never going to get to do it. I'm just going to get older. And so I pretty much walked to my boss, gave him my two weeks notice, called the recruiter, signed up, and shipped out. So, But the thing is about it is that I was very specific about what I want to go into, which is MI. And that's my advice. And definitely Sergeant Washington can... Uh, can relate to that. Just be passionate about the job you choose because 
you know, that's your career in the military if you decide to stay in. But let me press a little bit, right? So what, what, what drove that? Like, where did that passion to do this come from? Because you, you, you sounded like you were convicted from early on. Where did that come from? So I think part of it is kind of like the, the movies, you know, the spy movie was like James Bond and, you know, the cool, like you're doing intelligence work and that, which is, I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit relate in the military to that, depending on what ex type of intelligence you do. Uh, but then also my father uh, was in the military in Egypt, and then me and my brother decided to do something similar to what he did uh, being in the United States. So that's, that was where the drive came from. So it's definitely family and also, like, you know, want to be cool. So <laughs> How about you, Carlos? Um, mine's is kind of similar. So um, I grew I don't know if you guys can tell from my, my accent, I guess. I grew up in the South. So I'm from South Carolina, so I grew up down there. I grew up in a low-class low um household so my mom single mom raised me and my three siblings so we grew up and we never had so when it was time for us to go to college only thing I was hearing was like hey you can't go to college or you gonna have student loans you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this so I was like yo I'm gonna be a trendsetter so I went to college uh, I went to the University of South Carolina so um, my first semester there I racked up a ton of student loan debt right so then um I, I didn't have a drive then at that point, so I was slacking on my grades. I ended up getting put on academic probation. And then I met with a, uh, a young man, his name Ben Bakioko. He's from Philadelphia, matter of fact, from South Philly. I met with him, he was uh, on campus. He was like, hey man, why are your head down? I was like, hey, I was explaining what's going on. He was like, yo, why are you here? And I was like, mm, I want an education, like the, the basic stuff that college kids would tell you. I want an education, I want to do this, I want to do that. And he was like, then why are you failing? I was like, what you mean? And he's like, you're failing in life right now, and you're, but you're failing at your own passion. So he's like, yo, reevaluate yourself. And I really didn't care about college at that point. So um, he was like, yo, what are you passionate about? And at that point, I was so solely passionate about being a cop. Like, I always wanted to be a cop because growing up, everybody in my community was like, yo, you want to make a difference, you got to be the difference. So um, during that time, I graduated in 2012, so it was like time, around the time of like Trayvon Martin, all that major stuff going in the community. So I was like, yo, I want to be a, a cop in the military uh, so I can go into the FBI. So then I got into it. Um, I went and talked to a recruiter, and he was like, yeah, I can make you a military police officer today. Sign a dotted line. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Hey, <laughs> that sounds good, but what's, what, what else come with it? So he explained everything to me, and he was like, yo, I know you say you were struggling with money for school. We can throw you this thing called a post-911 GI Bill. It's going to pay for everything. So I was like, yo, this sounds good, but what's the catch? And then he was just like, hey, you got to give Uncle Sam a couple of years back. So I was like, um, yo, bump it. I want to find, I want to, <laughs> I want to make a way for myself. So like, sign me up. So I, he signed me up. Um, at first I was in the Army Reserves. I went in the Army Reserves. I uh, went back to college. I graduated from University of South Carolina in 2016. Uh, when I graduated, um, I graduated with a bachelor's in uh, social work. So um, I got to college and I went back home. And I was like, yo, I got this degree, let's get it. And I couldn't find a job. <laughs> so I was back at mom's house, uh, unemployed, and I still had the passion to be a cop. So I reached out to an old friend of mine that was asking what the best training with. He was like, yo, come out to duty, get some time in, and then try to go into the FBI like that way. But when it ended up happening, I came out to duty, I got certified as an investigator, and then I actually started like working with like uh, kids dealing with um, child abuse cases and uh, dealing with people in the community that just needed help, needed a helping hand. 
and I grew a passion for it to the point where, like, I walk down the street with this uniform on right now, and, like, little kids are like, yo, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, yo, I feel like a celebrity. Like, <laughs> let's get it. So um, I started, like, impacting the community in that way. I just develop a vibe to the point where, like, yo, I put this uniform on, and I do my job with a passion to the point where I love it so much. And now uh, I just finished, finished on my master's now to try to be an early childhood uh, educator. And all that came from, like, me not knowing what I want to do, and then the Army just gave me the stepping stone to achieve my ultimate goal, and that's honestly how it ended up here, and it's why I still wear the uniform to today. Very dope, very dope. So in a, in a few short sentences from both of you guys, what was the biggest misconception you had coming into the Army? Gotta, gotta hear it. All right, so um, me watching Army movies growing up, I was like, yo, I'm about to be sleeping in a tent outside, 24 at 7. <laughs> no air conditioner, hot outside. But uh, that was the big misconception. Um, actually, man, we be inside more than we do than we be outside, honestly. And uh, so I really thought it was like gonna be like some GI Joe in the field out here shooting. Like I thought uh, I was gonna be walking around with a with a rifle in my hand, ready to shoot at any given time. And that's like the biggest false statement. Like it's not all. G.I. Joe movie theaters, well, what you see on the news, it's, it's not that at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, personally, my experience is that I'm definitely not James Bond, as you can see. Um, uh, definitely the movie part. I thought that's what it was going to be. I'm going to be out there, like, shooting and doing all kind of crazy things. But the reality is when um, I joined as act, uh, reserve when I first started, but, you know, just to piggyback off what you said, I just finished my MBA uh, recently. But I have to say, my military uh, experience changed me a lot, where I see myself back in undergrad, I was a CB student, and for my MBA, I was an A student, like all the way. Because uh, I like to do before and after comparison, right? Um, when I was in college and after college, I was working a job that was not really in my field, and I had no drive of like being in my field. Um, now I'm an associate director at you know, KPMG, which is one of the biggest um, four accounting firms in the world. Undergrad, student loan debt, you know, crazy. Uh, MBA, free, the Army paid for it. So I always like to compare the before and after. Uh, for me personally, that's how I, I grow to look back and reflect. Uh, but I would say like, that was the biggest misconception is that you think that you're gonna be doing all kind of crazy things. But don't get me wrong, like, you sometimes have to support troops overseas. You might have to deploy. That comes, you know, as part of the their work. But it depends on the type of job. That's what you do. So for me, being MI, I'm always behind a desk. Um, the, the funny thing for me is that when I travel in uniform because of training or anything like that, everyone comes to me. They're giving me hugs. They're like, thank you for your service, blah, blah, blah. And then I see the guys with the deployment batch, they're the ones coming from Afghanistan or Iraq, and I'm like, guys, they're the ones that need hugs. Like, <laughs> they're the ones coming from the field, not me. I just came from Arizona, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you both, learn a little bit about your stories. Ahmed, Carlos, thank you so much. If you can give them a round of applause, that'd be awesome. Yeah, th um, thanks for having me. Um, real quick, one advice I would give to everybody that's listening or anybody that's in the audience, if you're struggling with finding your way, um, a lot of times we we'll reach out to many outlets to look at it. Um, stop looking at the military, I guess, as like a last resort and look at it as like, hey, well, how can it help me achieve my ultimate goal or what I want to achieve and use it as a stepping stone to reach your ultimate goal in life. And we so quick to reach out to other outlets that not really there to help you and people look at the military in a negative outlook. 
but w- the military really is a positive a positive thing in your life and it can help you achieve whatever you want to achieve in life from whatever you want to do so find your passion and drive your passion and make the military help you achieve your passion thanks thank Good you stuff, y'all. appreciate you